You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got another breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Let's go on over to that home daycare center and get to Ryan Callahan, who can tell us immediately why we are having a really, really, really big edition, uh, breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Yeah, I uh, hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving and uh, and to celebrate the holiday weekend, I guess you could say, Tennessee has made a huge addition to its 2023 recruiting class. Four-star defensive lineman David Hobbs of uh, Concord, North Carolina, just outside Charlotte, has committed to Tennessee, picking the Vols over Georgia and Alabama, uh, among others. It really came down to those three SEC schools in the end. There have been a kind of a few different phases to his recruitment. Uh, there was... Last year and early this year, he was sort of a lower-key uh, prospect, hadn't really blown up yet. Tennessee had him on campus for you know a handful of visits um, before he was offered by Tennessee finally in June after attending one of the Vols' camps. He also got an offer from Alabama in June uh, after going to a camp there. Got an offer from Georgia, I believe, in July. So he, he started to blow up later in the spring and into the summer. And on August 1st, was an, originally planning to announce his, his college decision then. And at that time, everyone thought he was headed to North Carolina, and that that seemed to be the case. Um, he kind of grew up liking North Carolina in basketball, and there, there were reasons to uh, that the, the Tar Heels had been the team to beat up to that point. Uh, but the, the longer this thing went, the more those SEC schools got in his ear. I think he was really intrigued by the chance to play in the SEC, and this essentially just turned into an SEC battle over the last couple months. And uh, Tennessee has always been a school that intrigued him, as his visits last year and, and even early this year would suggest. And and I think at first was a little a little bit miffed that Tennessee was later than some other schools to offer, considering how heavily involved they were um, before they had offered. But you know, got over that. Tennessee continued to make a strong push for him, led by uh, defensive analyst Lavorne Harbin and, and defensive line coach uh, Rodney Garner, and and those guys uh, just made him a huge priority. This is this is he's probably been the top target left on Tennessee's board over the past few months, regardless of position. And so they made him a huge priority, got him on campus for the Florida game on his official visit, came back for the Alabama game, got to see that atmosphere. And I think since that visit for the Alabama game, especially Tennessee had had kind of been at least the slight favorite. Um, At first it looked like Tennessee and Alabama were the two main favorite, main contenders. And then Georgia got him on his fifth and final official visit also for the Georgia game against Tennessee uh, on November 5th and, and Georgia made a push. I think they at least made things interesting down the stretch, but Tennessee wins out in the end addressing obviously a huge need position wise and, and just giving them kind of the elite defensive lineman. They've really been uh, wanting to add the last couple of years really, and, and haven't always had a lot of luck. You know, they got Tyree West and some other good players in the 2022 class, but not anyone quite at this level. So this is a huge pickup for Tennessee for a number of reasons, and it's just always a big deal, of course, when you beat out schools like Georgia and Alabama for a prospect they, they really wanted. And, and and I'll do you one better, Ryan, if I could uh, un- unmute myself here. I, I think that that it, it's um, it's another big deal entirely 
when you go in and and you you beat like Georgia and Alabama for an out of state player. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, th- and th- yeah, to, kind of to that point, this is when t- Tennessee has beaten Georgia and Alabama for players in recent years. Uh, it's it's been a little more hit and miss uh, the last six or seven years, but but they've they've had some wins like that. But usually, it's been someone like a. Trey Smith, you know, Georgia was involved in that one, but Alabama was, or, or Drew Richmond, you know, someone that had, was either from Tennessee or had a connection to Tennessee. You know, Nigel Warrior was another guy who, who was involved with, uh, you know, schools like that to a degree. You know, there, there have been some guys like that, but they always, or, or most of the time, they seem to have some sort of natural tie to Tennessee. In this case, not, you know, not, not really, not in that sense. His family did spend some time in the Smoky Mountains uh, around Thanksgiving a couple different years in the past and liked going to the mountains. There, there was that. So they're leafers. Um, they're leafers. <laughs> may, may be. Although, can you be from North Carolina and have to leave the state for a le- I mean, the, the, they got a, a, some pretty nice scenery over there. Yeah, they, um, they, they do, but they're in Charlotte, so they have to drive a little bit to see the mountains, I guess. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's there's that. Uh, but, you know, the, otherwise there really wasn't a, a natural tie to Tennessee or anything like that. I think Tennessee was just a program that always – uh, appealed to him a little bit, um, and, and he, he visited there because it was close by, and and they were showing interest in him early on, and just kind of hung around as as one of the schools he could see himself playing at. Uh, also, kind of a side note: his sister uh, Ella Hobbs is a class of twenty twenty four basketball prospect who has offers from a number of major programs. I believe Tennessee is one of them. He was sort of not sure about that uh, the couple times I've asked him about it, but um, but either way, Tennessee is at least a school that's been involved with his sister uh, in her recruitment. So. If you are a women's basketball fan, we'll see in a in a year or or maybe less if she ends up joining him at Tennessee. But that's always been sort of a um, is it or is it not a factor in his, in David Hobbs' decision where his sister wants to go. Uh, I I had heard months ago that his sister liked Alabama quite a bit for what it's worth, uh, and that was maybe at least one of the reasons people thought Alabama was what um, was in really good shape at one point earlier this season. Uh, so not. Not sure that ended up playing a factor in his decision at all, but it's at least something to keep an eye on if you're a if you're a women's basketball fan moving forward. But yeah, this is a this is a, a big big pickup just to to beat out those types of programs for a guy that Tennessee really didn't have any sort of family connection or, or geographical connection to, aside from just being four hours away from him. And they just did a good job of recruiting him throughout the process, even though they were a little bit later than, than some other teams to offer. Not by much, you know. They were like a week after Alabama offered because he went to an Alabama camp before he camped at Tennessee. Uh, and, and, and as a as a prospect, sort of interesting too, because one of the reasons Tennessee didn't offer early is he wasn't as big a year ago as he is now. He was a 240, 250 pound guy a year ago, and, and just hadn't quite blown up, hadn't filled out his body yet, and just got better. I think over the past year, that's why he started to take off this spring and into the summer. And, and Tennessee liked him at camp. I think he weighed in at 262 at camp this summer, and he recently told me he's 277. So that's why you see that on his. On his profile, he was around 280, I think, during his official visit to Tennessee back in September. So he is a good-sized kid who has continued to fill out over the past year to year and a half, and that's one of the reasons his stock has really uh, skyrocketed in a lot of people's minds over the past six months. So this is a a guy who's filling out nicely and has a lot of athleticism for a for a roughly 280-pound defensive lineman, and, and gives Tennessee just a lot of options for the future. Um, and, and obviously a ton of upside, whether he's a defensive tackle, strong side defensive end, whatever he ends up being, this, this is a potentially disruptive player for the next few years. I was about to say, don't you take away my follow-up questions, Ryan. You're taking away my follow-up questions. Uh, my follow-up question was positionally sort of what his future is. Because you can tell, 
I mean, the the film kind of pops off at you, right? Like like it should with the big time player. You just kind of flip on the film, and I'm sure it's this exact way in person when you see him too, and you're like, oh, oh, that one looks good. Yeah, yeah, that one looks good. Let's 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 recruit that one. He just kind of has that that kind of game to him. But when you look at it, his positional future does that depend on sort of what happens when he gets into a strength and conditioning program, whether he gets to be 300 plus pounds or whether he stays at 280 or 290 or, or whatever he ends up being, does that, do we know yet positionally sort of what his future might be or, or, you know, care to take a guess on what it might be? Yeah, I, I think there, I, I think there's a good chance he ends up being sort of a, sort of a hybrid guy uh, that, that plays strong side defensive end. A lot of times he could be a Latrell Bumpus type, uh, that that maybe plays outside a little bit, but also like a, or Matthew you know, Matthew Butler at times in his career. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Another math, another North Carolina guy, Matthew Butler. Uh, you know, Tyler Barron's done some of that this year. Uh, where where at least on early downs he could be a strong side defensive end, but certainly has the size and and if he puts on even a little bit of weight, not a stretch at all to to envision him lining up inside a defensive tackle in some cases. But yeah, th- this is not a. Uh, either way, this is a guy who, like Georgia, for instance, I think saw him as, as like a five technique. You know, they're 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 talking more of a three man front type of system in, in some cases, but they um, they they I think saw him as a as a bigger defensive end, and, and I think that's probably what Tennessee. He said that's what Tennessee's been talking uh, to this point is they've they've mentioned defensive end, but he knows that he's got the type of body that could give him some positional versatility, especially in a four man front like that. And he, either way, even if he does grow and say he ends up being a 300 pounder. I think he's athletic enough though, where he's going to be a disruptive 300 pound. You know, I think this is a, a three technique more likely. This is not, he's not going to end up being, I don't think uh, a, a space filler, a guy so that's just there to, so let me stop you there. A Georgia or Alabama type defensive lineman, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. I mean, that, that, that this is what you're looking for. I mean, this is, this is what the type of player Tennessee's had such a hard time getting uh, uh, in a lot of years over the past decade, just, you know, they've had to go to the junior college ranks at times to get guys they thought could be like this. Um, you know, T- Tyree West, frankly, was a step in the right direction. You know, just getting a, uh, even though it's a guy that Georgia, you know, kind of chose not to sign. At I've, the end. I've liked him a lot watching him this yeah. season, by the way. Absolutely. And, and that's, uh, you know, similar build a little bit to Tyree West, just taller. Um, I, I think a little bit taller than Tyree West, probably ar- around six foot four. Um, and a, and a former basketball guy, you know, has, has had the athleticism, obviously, yeah. that showed up in that sport, too. Boy, so, there, there's uh, another follow-up question off the board. <laughs> so, I mean, not going to play both sports in college or anything, but, yeah, has that background, as a lot of guys from, from North Carolina do. So, uh, so yeah, he is a uh, just, just what you're looking for because, you, you know, it, you can find those bigger body guys to sort of tie up blockers, but it's hard to find these guys who have that size combined with the athleticism to – to really get in there, disrupt things, get after the quarterback and, and make things happen. And that's, that's what Rodney Garner is looking for. You know, I've said this since he got to Tennessee. I think people were asking at one point last year, especially, you know, where, where are the big guys? Where are the 315, 320 pounders? You know, Rodney Garner is willing to go after guys who are that big, but I think it's going to have to be guys who can really move for their size. He wants guys who can, who can get after the quarterback, who can make things happen. And that kind of fits with what this defense at Tennessee is has wanted to do under Josh Heupel and Tim Banks. They they want to be aggressive. They they want to to just make plays. They're they're not they're not really. I mean, that, it, they've kind of turned into at times a little bit of the bend but don't, don't break philosophy. But that's not really what they want to do. They want to they they want to they want sacks to disrupt drives. They want interceptions. They want pass breakup. They they just, they want to be aggressive and 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 guys like David Hobbs give you a chance to do that. And and so they they've 
We've talked for a year and a half now about the edge rushers they've been adding, the talent there. You can see it this year with freshman uh, Joshua Josephs and James Pierce. Um, Pierce a couple sacks this year, even in sort of spot duty in, in a few games. So you can see the potential there. Caleb Herring and Sean Davian Bradley committed in this class. So you've got the edge rusher talent there, but you need to pair them with some guys like this who can play inside or play strong side D end. That, that's what this gives you, a, a guy that can really fit in at, at, at two or three different spots on the defensive line and could really be uh, a huge part of what Tennessee is building defensively over the next few years. I mean, this, again, it, it probably goes without saying because you're beating out Georgia and Alabama for him, but this is this is a big, big pickup that's, I, I, I would put it right up there in a lot of ways with, uh, you know, at least close to, to the significance of getting a Nico Iamaliava at quarterback. That's what David Hobbs could mean to Tennessee defensively if he lives up to his potential. Yeah, and I look at, um, before we go to break, I, I look at, again, one of the many awesome things about the 24-7 sports experience is the database and the the profile pages on these kids, and it kind of tracks them all the way. That's why we call it preps to pros, right? And this one, when it talks about his athletic background there toward the bottom of the page, 2021, uh, he played extensive snaps both ways, also played some tight end and H-back on offense. So you know that's a pretty athletic guy. And then what I would say even more importantly, the leading scorer on the state championship basketball team averaged 14.7 points per game. Again, not a college basketball player or college basketball prospect, but a guy who's athletic enough on the basketball floor to be the leading scorer on the state championship basketball team. That is the kind of kind of cross-training, explosive, twitchy athleticism that you get that on the defensive line. I mean, that's that to get that kind of athlete to potentially play some snaps on the interior defensive line, Ryan. I mean, that's that's elite athleticism there. Absolutely. This and what's the the big difference? We always hear people talk about uh, that. What makes the SEC different from other conferences? And it's the defensive line. It's guys like this, frankly. Uh, you know, the, we've seen LSU and. Alabama win national championships and now Georgia win national championships with guys like this. Um, they're a huge part of it. You know, Tennessee, one of the reasons they couldn't beat Georgia uh, earlier this month is Jalen Carter and guys like that just wrecking things. You know, when you can get a guy like this that just is hard to block unless you're double teaming him, it changes the way offenses have to play against you. And so it's you, you can't overstate the significance of getting a guy like that when you can find uh, just an absolute stud on the defensive line. So, yeah, that's not to say, again, not not putting those kinds of expectations on him, not saying David Hobbs is Jalen Carter or anything like that. But if you can get a guy that can that can be that type of player just in general on the defensive line, it, it changes the the way you look on, on defense. And Rodney Garner has done a good job, I think a really good job, of working with what he has uh, on the defensive line. He's he's had some talent there. Let's not uh, completely uh, undersell what, what Tennessee's had personnel-wise. But he's not been working with a bunch of former five stars and top 100 prospects. He's working with some some good, solid players, some veterans who've developed well under him, and, and he's gotten the most out of them. It seems like the past couple of years, um, some good players, but not a lot of great ones. And and now you know you saw at Auburn what he can do with when he's got great talent. You know he had that group with Derek Brown and uh, and, and all those guys just a few years ago, and he had a lot of those defensive lines over the years at Georgia and Auburn. And so you knew he was going to get these types of players in, in the long run. He was going to get some guys who were who were going to be just just tough to block uh, on the defensive line. And so now they've they've played well. They've exceeded ex- expectations in a lot of ways on the defensive line the last couple of years. They're starting to get after the quarterback better this year with Byron Young and Tyler Barron and some of those guys. Now you start to get in some of these elite type prospects and you can really start to see this defensive line come together. So this is a 
again, yeah, you don't want to put too many expectations on a guy on one guy like this, but it, it is a it is hard to overstate the significance of what this could mean. But yeah, a lot a lot of athleticism, as you said, with that basketball background and the, not not just being a basketball player, but a pretty good one. You know, there are a lot of guys who are Tennessee signees and who who go to other SEC schools that play basketball in in high school, but not many are very good at it. He's 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 pretty good at it. So not not good enough to play at the high school or at the college level, obviously in the SEC or anything, but good enough that hey, that's that that definitely verifies the athleticism and shows you what you're getting. And you know, you when when these guys go to the combine, these defensive linemen, they can usually jump pretty well. They they have a great first step. They they have uh, the quickness to 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 get between blockers and and just uh, get a hand in there uh, on passes and all those things that you want defensive linemen to do. They have athleticism that other guys just don't and can't develop. And so that's what you're getting with David Hobbs is some of that above average to elite athleticism in almost every category. And, and if he continues to progress, boy, he. He's got a chance to be a really good one. Yes, he does, and there's a lot more to discuss about this. Uh, this is a big, big, big day for Tennessee, a big, uh, a, a tremendous start to the holiday season uh, for Tennessee on the recruiting trail with, you know, obviously early signing period coming up and uh, just, just a lot of reasons to be excited about this kid, about Tennessee's defensive line class in general. Hint, hint, we're going to discuss that here in a minute. Um, but lots more to discuss about this. We are overdue for a break, though, so let's step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc., and then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home daycare center there on the other side of town. And we are discussing a big, big day for Tennessee football, for Tennessee football recruiting. The Vols have gotten a huge, huge, huge commitment from David Hobbs, a uh, six foot four, 277-pound defensive lineman from J.M. Robinson High School there in Concord, North 
North Carolina, just outside of Charlotte, right there where the where the NASCAR track is. For those of you who are into that sort of stuff, uh, this is a big, big prospect, number thirty-eight overall uh, nationally in the twenty-four-seven sports rankings. This is a big, big, big-time prospect, a big, big, big-time addition for Tennessee, for this class, for this program that has a lot of good things going for it at the moment, certainly both on the field and on the recruiting trail. Got lots more to discuss, but before we do that, just a quick uh, suggestion or quick request, I should say, from our end. Uh, If you could take about a minute out of your day right now and go in there and subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast, we really would appreciate it. Uh, if you're just listening on the website there at GoVols247.com, that's fine. That's great. There's no wrong way to consume the GoVols247 podcast. But what helps us out the most is if you go in there, whether you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this GoVols247 podcast. We do this for free, and we are happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very few complaints from our end. Since we're doing it for free, however, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there rate review subscribe and uh and tell your friends and tell your friends and tell 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 the tell your friends friends tell people you see out around town tell people that you see uh at, at church tell people that you see um at the dog park tell people you see walking your dog just tell random people that you see around town right just go tell people that you see like hey you're wearing a tennessee shirt I think uh, you would like the, the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We've already had at least three people do this, uh, and so this works. You, you laugh and you say, hey, hey, why are you saying this every podcast? You know why? Because we're starting a movement. That's why we're doing it. That's why we're doing it, Ryan. That's why we're doing it. Absolutely, and while we're at it, I just wanted to throw in, uh, it's Black Friday, of course. Maybe you're listening to this podcast while you're out doing some shopping. Uh, while you're at it, uh, Buy GoVols 24-7 for the Tennessee fan in your life. We have a 75% off annual subscription sale running uh, through Cyber Monday. So uh, so for the next few days, take advantage of that offer. But uh, that is our this is our biggest sale of the year. Can't think of a better present for the Tennessee fan in your life who's not already on GoVols 24-7. So go check that out at GoVols247.com. Yeah, and, and if, you're, if, if that's, you know, if you're paying us just, again, what is a very reasonable rate for an incredible product and, and, and not just our product, but other products. And you'll hear more about that at the end of the podcast. Um, but even if you're, if you're just an absolute cheapskate and you're just listening to this for free, at least do us the favor of going on and telling some friends and, and, and rating and reviewing and subscribing. Come on, like, let, just throw us a bone. It's the holidays, man. Do, do that stuff. And if you're already doing all that stuff, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Ryan, back to business. Uh, David Hobbs is obviously a big-time addition for Tennessee on the defensive line, one of the biggest prospects in the country, uh, the number 38 overall prospect in our rankings there at 24-7 Sports. And as you know, we are the best in the business. So a uh, big-time player for Tennessee. However, not the only big-time player on this Tennessee defensive line. This Tennessee defensive line also has two commitments from top 100 edge rushers. It's also got a couple more defensive linemen who are rated a little bit lower but are higher upside guys that Tennessee staff likes a lot. Uh, I have to think that we'll see, right? The 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 early signing period has it has not quite yet arrived yet. And then there's also, you know, for there might be some leftovers there for the old school signing period. So we don't know exactly what will be in each class. And even then, 
we at that position, we often need two or three years to know exactly how things turned out at that specific group. But I got to think, Ryan, when you're looking at, at, at some of the best defensive line classes in the country, I think you have to have Tennessee near the top of that list, don't you? Yeah, if and, and we'll see if uh, final rankings obviously aren't out, so that's gonna that's gonna have a lot to say and 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 where Tennessee ends up. But yeah, I think Tennessee's gonna be on the short list of of teams uh, that have the strongest defensive line class when you take edge rushers into consideration. Uh, we we do list that as a separate position, sure, sure. But those are but you're obviously talking about guys who project as really defensive ends, guys who are gonna have their like their a traditional. A think of a traditional front four. Because that's yeah. in this day and age, most people are playing most snaps in that four-two-five nickel, and so basically, it is a, an old-school defensive line in some way still. Yeah, and, and and you know we we started doing it differently because this gives you a better idea of where guys are really going to play in college. It got too confusing when people would talk about outside linebackers because some edge rushers would play outside linebacker and were being recruited by teams that played out played outside linebackers as edge rushers, and then you had other teams that had, you know have three or four-man fronts, and so you weak side defensive end and outside linebacker got a lot of people confused. So, so this, this gives you a better, uh, better division between those groups, but yeah, those edge rushers at Tennessee are still defensive linemen, uh, you know, in the vast, vast majority uh, of cases, if not every case. So, so those are guys, those are guys who are going to play with their hand on the ground, uh, in the long run. And yeah, when you, when you take Caleb Herring and Sean Davian Bradley into account, those are guys who I would say have not been as productive in high school, as their rankings might suggest, you know, Sean Davian Bradley just had a couple sacks this year. Um, and, and, and Caleb Herring has been playing in a defense where, you know, he's not, he's not ru- just pinning his ears back and rushing the passer every single time he drops back in coverage. Sometimes he's done a lot of different things. So those are guys who have elite upside and that's why they're ranked where they are. But if those guys stay where they're, where they're ranked or roughly in that ballpark, yeah, three top 100 guys at that position, and, and Hobbs is one who, who I think is going to be at least in the five-star discussion based on where he's ranked right now. Our final rankings, the top 32 finish as five stars mm-hmm. uh, when we expand our rankings in January after the All-Star Games. Uh, and that's to mimic the first round of the NFL draft. Ideally, if we were batting 1,000, which no one ever does, but if you were batting 1,000 and and your, your top 32 guys would be first round draft picks. So you're saying this guy's going to be a first rounder if we have him as a five star. We think he has first round potential. Hobbs ranked where he is now. He's he's probably going to be in that discussion, I think, when, when our analysts sit down and and hash all that out after the all-star games and figure out where uh, where guys are ranked. And even if he finishes just in the top 50, that is, that is, a, that is an elite, elite player. So, yeah, to have three guys ranked that highly is um, – is pretty impressive. And yeah, Tennessee's, you know, still looking to add They're they're wanting at least another defensive lineman in this class if they can get him, but, um, but not done there yet. And and already off to a very good start. One one more thing I wanted to mention on Hobbs. I had to go back and uh, check my notes on this. Uh, It's mentioned on his 24 seven sports profile and in the uh, bio section that he has uh, over an 80 inch wingspan. You know, we talk about the elite measurables. that, 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 That explains some of the basketball success too. For sure, um, but we we talk about some of the elite measurables uh, that you know sometimes, regardless of production, you just you can't ignore stuff like that. Um, when guys have that kind of length, that kind of athleticism, when you have a a verified vertical or forty time, and by the way, at Tennessee's camp, he ran a four seven five forty back in June. Now he was two hundred sixty two pounds at the time, but still 
pretty impressive speed there to run a four seven five as a defensive lineman that could play on the interior potentially uh, in the next couple of years uh, if he if he gets much bigger. So that that shows you what you're working with there. His his arms measured in at just over 34 inches. So that you know, combining that with the wingspan, that that shows you what what kind of length he has. That's often what separates the 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 lower four stars and the three stars from the high end guys. It's those elite measurables that you just can't. You, you can't quantify how how important that is sometimes because that that little bit of extra reach that it just that and just the athleticism together uh, is a tough combination to beat historically. All, all the all the big time edge rushers and and interior guys they all have that in common for the most part. There are very few exceptions to that um, that they don't either have just jump out of the gym athleticism or ridiculous speed off the edge or a quick first step and, and, uh, and all that's usually backed up by some measurable with Hobbs. It's the athleticism and it's the length. And that's a, that's a pretty good combination. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And Ryan, we, we hinted at this a little bit in the first segment, but there's a couple more things we want to discuss that I got to discuss. And, and another one is, is this, cause I think we hinted about it a little bit in the first segment, but I, I we, we could probably do a little bit more on it is the significance of, of Tennessee getting a kid who Georgia and Alabama wanted, who was a kid not from the state of Tennessee, who who is a kid who did not have any direct ties to Tennessee. I, I think there's this saying, right, that that good knows good, right? Real knows real. And these prospects know who the other good prospects are. They know where the other good prospects are going from all the camps and all the other, they connect through social media. It's a more connected world. And those guys kind of live in their own little bubble, right? Their own little universe. They have their high school teammates and everything, but, but they also have this separate group of dudes who are just really, really good prospects and they know each other. And I think this Hobbs thing, I'm not taking it, talking like a seismic wave, but to me, it's another pretty big step for Tennessee as a program in the eyes of kids, not just in this class, but in the next couple classes to show them, Hey, um, more big time dudes are going to Knoxville now. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. I, I think this one, yeah, like you said, maybe not a seismic wave, but this, this, this shows you how, how things are, have can change, uh, based on, I, I would say maybe this is the first recruiting win that you could probably, you know, directly tie a little bit to Tennessee's rise on the field this year. Sure. Um, I think people people wondered a little bit, you know, why earlier in the season, especially, why aren't we seeing Tennessee getting hot in recruiting as they as they as they win all these games, you know? And we've kind of pointed to the 2024 class, and they've they've made some nice nice additions to that class even early on uh, this season. Uh, Mazio Bennett, the four star receiver, Caleb Beasley, the four star defensive back out of Nashville. Those were guys Tennessee might have gotten either way though, even if they'd gone eight four nine and three and just had a nice season as opposed to a breakthrough national championship contender type season, they, they might've gotten those guys in the end, maybe not as early, but they, they would have gotten them. And we know uh, MJ Bennett committed after the Florida game. He had no idea at the time that Tennessee was going to be uh, a playoff contender. This is the first one that you can, I think at least directly tie it a little bit to what Tennessee's done on the field, because I, I can't help but think at the end of the day in a head to head race with Alabama and Georgia, that in the end, if Tennessee had, had, had been, a three loss, four loss team this year that that thought might've crept into his mind at some point that, Hey, I've got a chance to compete for national championships at these two places, but not at Tennessee, or I am projecting that Tennessee is going to be there next year or in a couple of years, but they're not there yet. Um, maybe he still would have gone to Tennessee anyway, but I think this is one where you can at least possibly attribute it partly to what Tennessee has been doing on the field. And because he didn't have to discount Tennessee 
as a national title contender or potential national title contender in the future. In the past, some kids have had to do that. They've had to, to just assume the growth is going to be there. Tennessee's going to get better when I'm there. And kids, kids take that leap. They do. They, they assume that it's going to get better when they get there. But that, that takes a certain type of kid to be willing to, to jump into that type of situation. Now they don't have to do that. And so I said all along, I think this season is going to play out more with the 2024 class. It's going to help there. And it's going to help with guys Tennessee's already involved with. And David Hobbs was one of those. And so I think seeing, seeing that Alabama game in person, I, I, don't, I don't think you can overstate the significance of that. He got to see Tennessee play head-to-head with Alabama and Georgia. Even though Georgia handily won that game in Athens, he still saw that Tennessee wasn't outclassed completely by, by Georgia. That's not something we could say even last year. Georgia ran away with that game. This game, Tennessee, you know, at least put up a good fight uh, and, and ended up losing by two touchdowns. But they didn't look completely outclassed in that game. And I think that, I think that type of thing matters when you're battling for this type of player. They want to know, in a lot of cases, that they're going to a school that can do anything they want. And now I don't think he had that question about Tennessee and they're able to to win a battle like this, as you said, for a guy that didn't have direct ties to Tennessee and isn't from this state. Yeah, and, and I think the last thing I've got, Ryan, is that uh, we always ask and we're always going to ask about numbers overall and numbers at a certain position. And we're, we're, I guess we need to do the customary thing and do that. But defensive line is one of those positions where I don't really ask that question ever because – you're almost never going to turn down a really good defensive lineman if you if you see one out there. That's one of those positions where it feels like you never have enough. You want to have as many good ones as you possibly can because games can be won and lost there. Absolutely, championships can be won and lost there. So I I, I think what's that what's that old Paterno saying about like you know you know God likes whatever team has the better defensive lineman or whatever that quote was. Uh, it, and it it still rings true to to this day that good defensive lineman can change your entire program. So I don't think that if there was another big time defensive lineman, they had a chance to get, I don't think they would say no, but in, in terms of how much more, if any, do they have a need there right now to the extent that, that there's ever a, not a need there. And what about the overall numbers for the class? Yeah. I, I well, it, it, we kind of touched on this with the, with the Khalifa Keith uh, commitment podcast, but you know, I, I think, think Tennessee's looking at probably, uh, at least a few more additions to this class. This this gives them 23 commitments uh, for the 2023 class. I, I think they still end up with more than 25, probably less than 30. You know, that's always going to depend on who they can get. If they're good enough players, they're gonna they're gonna keep taking them this year. Again, the, there's no 25 limit uh, anymore. At least the next two years, that's the case. So you you just have to worry about staying under 85. Uh, you know, for for all we know, some discussions happen in December with players that they thought might return. And who decided to enter the transfer portal instead? You just never know about stuff like that, and that could always impact Tennessee's plans. And they decide, yeah, let's go ahead and take another guy uh, in this class, and 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 not just save it for the transfer portal. So that could always change things. But I think they end up somewhere between twenty-five and thirty, and most likely between those two numbers. Um, on the defensive line, I think Tennessee would like one more at least. Uh, I, I kind of mentioned that in passing a, a few minutes ago, but I think they they're definitely still involved with some guys that. Uh, that they would like to add on the defensive line. The the main one appears to be a junior college guy, Elijah Davis. Uh, he's at East Mississippi Community College, a school you've probably heard uh, many times over the years, um, originally from South Carolina. So South Carolina has been one of the main uh, contenders there along with – and Alabama's been involved uh, to a pretty good degree. Now, he, he's a quiet kid, so we, we haven't really talked to him much in recent months. I haven't seen many interviews with him in recent months to really get a feel for that one and sort of where – 
where things stand. I know South Carolina's had some optimism recently with that being the home state school. Tennessee's had some optimism, but he looks like one of Tennessee's best bets uh, for adding uh, some additional help to the defensive line. They've been involved with a bunch of other guys throughout the fall. Uh, some of them have kind of come and gone as, as, as possibilities. Uh, Keldrick Falk, I would probably throw into that category. Great the, the Florida State. Great Florida State commitment out of Alabama. Yeah, he, he's one that Tennessee got on campus for a game or two this fall. Uh, I, I guess just one game. He was going to come back for a second game on an official visit. That didn't happen. Florida State kind of shut it down. And and so that one seems like uh, unless something's revived down the stretch that it's uh, likely not going to work out for Tennessee. So there's some guys like that they've still been kicking the tires on that that you don't be surprised. There, there could always be some possibilities out there that would take official visits to Tennessee, even if they're committed to other schools, because you're always going to take a swing at, at, at talented defensive linemen. As you said, that's just one of those positions that's hard to get them. Tennessee has needed needed numbers there for a few years now, and they've kind of had to had to patch things up in the portal with guys like uh, Dejon Terry, and uh, just had to kind of get by a little bit in recent years. But um, yeah, they've got they've got a pretty good class so far, as we said, with those edge rushers included, especially. They've got Nathan Robinson out of Greenbrier that that uh, is expected to start off on the defensive line. Uh, Trevor Duncan also in the same boat uh, out of Knoxville Catholic. So you've got what, what? you've got a pretty. And, and and also Tyree Weathersby, uh, an often overlooked, I think, part of this yeah. class, but now okay. now rated a four a four star, uh, became a four star this fall uh, in twenty four seven sports ratings with a strong start to his senior year. He was very productive on an zero and ten team in Georgia, uh, put up good numbers consistently throughout the year, even as his team struggled. So uh, I think that's kind of further validated Tennessee's val- uh, early evaluation on him and uh, a- another nice piece of this class. So you've got several guys there potentially defensive lineman uh, in the long run. But I think they're still looking for additional help. A, a junior college guy like Elijah Davis would make a lot of sense. You do lose some guys off this team this year, uh, and not so many that you just have to go heavy on that on that position, but it's one where Tennessee is not loaded up numbers-wise in, in a few years. So I think they're still going to be looking at that spot the next few weeks as they look to finish off this 2023 class. And ideally, I think they would add at least one more. I think that's a lot of good information and probably a good place to leave it. This is a great start uh, for Tennessee for the holiday season and also for the holiday season. It's a great time to go join GoVols 24-7 there with that 75% off discount, which is our best of the year. I think we are at a good place right now, Ryan, unless you got anything else. No, that's a good place to leave it. And, uh, hey, early signing day less than a month away now. This is uh, just kind of the beginning of the stretch run, so uh, buckle up. Uh, Tennessee doesn't have a doesn't get to play in an SEC championship game next weekend, but it does have uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of work still to do to finish up its 2023 class, and can follow it all, of course, with us and on GoVols247.com. That you can big news for recruiting and big news for the team in general. There's a lot of a lot of big news on the site right now, so uh, go check that out. See you. Thanks, Wes. There's that button, and now I can say. Thank you for listening to this edition of the GoVols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash GoVols 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash GoVols 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, 
Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock. Got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.